Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you'd like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. We would love to have you call in and join us. Doug, what's going on in the news today? Well, if you live up in Brunswick, Georgia, and you work for the city, they'll give you a $500 bonus to get the vaccine. Mm. Um, I've heard of a number of different places doing that. that uh, a $500 bonus to take the vaccine. If the vaccine is so good and COVID is so deadly, why do you have to give somebody $500 to inject it in their system? Isn't that strange? I don't. I don't. Do you ever recall them paying anybody to take a polio vaccine or a smallpox vaccine? I wasn't alive. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> historically, come on, you're a history guy. I don't think they paid people to take those vaccines. I have not heard of it. Um, haven't researched. Doesn't mean it, that I, it couldn't yeah, happen yeah. somewhere somehow. But that. But you're right. This is not the first time that's happened. And you go, oh my gosh, they're on the vaccines again. Listen, our website has been overwhelmed with people listening to dr Merritt. um so uh, i apologize if you tried to go listen to dr Merritt and that interview a week ago uh we are working on that uh until we get swatradio.com uh we don't we don't know where the breakdown is we, we're trying to figure out what the problem is you can go to SoundCloud if you can think, you know, SoundCloud, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D. Go there and search SWAT Radio. If you go to SWAT Radio, there's a channel, and you'll see the SWAT emblem on there. You can go down there and listen to it there. We're trying to resolve the issue on SWATradio.com. Um, so, uh, anyway, thank you for going there and downloading and listening and streaming. Um the, the more information we get out there, the better, um, because Dr. Merritt has put out very good information. What she said last February has been falling into place here. And by the way, I, if you listen to the interview, you heard me tell her that I could not make a donation online. I was encouraging people to do that. Well, Square shut her down. They, they canceled her. I said that the other day, and uh, she's trying to get that resolved where – I mean, she's been under attack. They are attacking her, and as well as Robert Malone, as well as uh, Peter McCullough, any doctor who is taking a stand. And by the way, we're going to have one on Friday this week. Uh, we're going to have a local physician who has been on his own time over lunch protesting the vaccines because he has personal stories of people who he knows have died and he knows have been seriously injured, and it's not been reported. Well, that kind of dovetails into the Project Veritas thing that came out uh, last night. Yeah, uh, did, did you, you see it? Yeah. I did not get a chance to see it. What yeah, did that I saw say? it. So it was um, a lady who had taken a camera into a federally funded hospital and just kind of got some people's reactions in there to 
some of the stuff that's going on. And the biggest thing that coming out of it was that, um, you know, they're, they're mandated to report things into VAERS and that, that they were not doing that. They were sweeping things under the rug. But it was also an, an interesting glip, glimpse inside of kind of some of the thoughts of some of the people in the hospital. And one of the doctors was like, you know, the vaccine's full of um, excrement, basically. And then others talking about, um, you know, ivermectin, if, that if they wanted to prescribe that, then they would you know, lose their license and their job. and Which so, we've heard, right? Mm-hmm. We've heard other doctors say that. We know even here in Mayo Clinic, people were told that. Doctors yeah. were told that. Yeah, and then, you know, that Project Veritas thing was taken down off of Twitter, and I'm pretty sure Facebook. I think you can find it on Rumble uh, still, though. So uh, if you are interested in that, go and check it out. It's only a part one of, uh, I guess he's going to release multiple things. So eh, pretty interesting stuff, and, you know, if true, some of the things are pretty uh, eye-opening, pretty shocking. Yeah, well, and, you know, again, there's there's continuing to be st- stories of nurses getting fired for not taking the vaccine. And, um, and, and I hate to even call it, it's not a vaccine. The mRNA ones aren't. Um, they're, they're therapeutic. It's ge- therapeutic gene therapy, experimental. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and these nurses don't want to take it. And, um, you know, they, they, 20 years they've been nursing and they're, they're being forced out of their jobs. And it's really sad. It's really sad because you look around at our country, you look around at at things going on. There are things that treat COVID. Uh, uh, we've seen those things being uh, highly touted over in India and other countries, South America. And apparently if you're in the U S uh, you can't get ivermectin and you know people on social media go well you know that's a horse drug that you know that's the kind of they they almost make you sound stupid or like backwoods for wanting ivermectin do you know taylor that over three billion people worldwide have been treated with ivermectin for different things i know it's a lot humans Mm -hmm. three billion people have been treated with the drug ivermectin for parasitics uh for cancer for other things it won a nobel prize in 2015 and so so. all these people who are belittling people because people are going out to buy the paste which is what they use for horses but the reason they are is because the government's not letting doctors uh prescribe it to people yeah and i wonder the the numbers on how many people have actually done that um because you know i think there was uh, reporting coming out that um, certain people couldn't, you know, had tried to call a bunch of different hospitals, but uh, they had to turn away gunshot victims because so many people were Which taking, was a lie. Yeah, the whole so thing was a lie. There's a lot about that that I wonder how many people actually did it. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that there's some truth to it, but I don't think it's like super, you know, widespread, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, along with the vaccine mandate stuff, there are a couple of uh, encouraging things. Um, I, I saw that uh, one corporate corporation canceled their vaccine mandate after 40% of their employees declined the, to get it and said that they were going to walk out. I heard about, um, I think it was Alabama. There was a hospital there where um, they said, okay, we're not going to do it because they said they're already getting 80% compliance through offering money uh, for people to get it. But they, there was a significant pushback. So they were pulling back, but then all that uh, still though is, Biden did make a declaration, what is it, two weeks ago now, about, um, you know, all health care workers need to be vaccinated. Anyone over uh, who has over 100 
uh, employees. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think there's a deadline um, for making sure you're in compliance with that. I'm not really sure when it is though, but that's going to be uh, something interesting to watch, even though there, you know, there are people who are getting fired and there are people who, uh, you know, are successfully pushing back, but to see how it, it comes into play, what the dynamics are when the government gets involved at that level is going to be something to watch. Well, you know, um, our president spoke to the UN today and, mm-hmm. um, I just happened to be working out when it happened. And so I was on machine. I turned on cause I wanted to hear what our president had to say. And he talked about uh, all the things that we need to stand for. And one of the things he lifted out of like, it, he, I thought he had left it off. I'm like, okay. He talked about people need to be protected uh, against any uh, ethnic racial um, discrimination and, you know, because of their religion and he, so he goes through a list and, and he didn't say anything about LGBTQI. He later said LGBTQI, like mm. it was a completely different thing. And we need to stand with LGBTQI to make sure. And then he went on a, a little rant about that. And it was just really sad that our leader, uh, and we've come to a place in our country where this is not only seen as acceptable, it's protected. And, I mean, th- people don't like talking about this because it seems bigoted, hateful, and all this. But the bottom line is, could you ever imagine the president of the United States standing up at the U.N.? And we need to protect adulterers. We need to make sure adulterers throughout the world are protected. You know, if people want to commit adultery, that's between them and and them alone. That that that's just so uh, wrong, and and throughout history, it's been recognized as wrong. And now we're trying to impose on other countries who do. Some of them believe it's immoral. They don't want that, and people are afraid to talk about that. And you, you're even the church is being weak in addressing it because of fear of being called a bigot or, or hate speech. Yeah, and, you know, the, that that brings into another light, really. Uh, you know, that, that speech that he gave to the U.N., first off, we are faltering. I, I, we, you know, France recalled an ambassador from the United States, first time ever in our country's history and of our relationship between the two. Um, they're talking about NATO possibly falling apart um, because of how weak uh, we've been. And then you talk about who we are as a country, talking about the LGBT I issue, you know, we were pushing that in Afghanistan. You know, you can see pictures of when the Taliban took over of yeah. them holding people up next to that. But also we've been in, uh, exporting abortion around the world. And, you know, it. you're right. You I know, mean, both. I mean, they're, they're both wrong. They both are against God's uh, design. And I mean, and, and the blatant violations of creation design. And and we've been OK with it. Yeah. And I, I would say that we have no leg really to stand on at this point internationally because we are like i said we're exporting murder we're exporting uh, lawlessness and yet we want to take a moral stance when we're not even backing the people who said hey we'll work with you you're talking about uh the current president who extorted another president to not seek charges against somebody uh so yeah you kind of lose moral authority yeah uh, on that 
Yeah. So anyway, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8 this week. We're looking at verses 1 through 8, talking about persecution. Um, That is what we covered uh, a bunch yesterday. We are still going to be covering that as that is a large portion of the text. But um, if you missed any of that and would like to go back and listen... um, What's the SoundCloud link? Uh, no, just go to SoundCloud, uh, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D dot com, and there'll be a search bar, and in that search bar, you just type in SWAT radio, and uh, it'll take you to it. So, um, and you can try uh, SWATradio.com. However, as Doug said in the first segment that you may have missed, um, we are having a little bit of issues. I think a lot of people are trying to pull up uh, stuff and our servers might be a little overloaded. So if you would like to try secondarily to check out SoundCloud, type in SWAT radio and you'll be able to find uh, yesterday's program. Yeah, uh, you can. Um, You know, Christians all over the world today are uh, facing persecution uh, in China and the Middle East. um, You know, uh, people uh, in... uh, India in certain parts, uh, Cuba, you know, even down in, in Cuba. Um, and, you know, you hear some of these stories, um, and I, I just, you know, I thought it'd be cool to kind of share some stories with people as we as we kind of go into this to realize the freedom we have and, um, you know, the things that uh, we're doing. And uh, anyway, um uh, Simsa Aiden and her husband Nakati were expecting a baby. Nakati had been arrested for gospel work in Turkey, which is supposed to be a secular country, but he was doing gospel work and got arrested. And the cu- couple had a decision to make. Would they continue advancing the gospel 
among their countrymen in spite of the risk of more persecution or would they choose a safer path? Well, they made the decision they would continue boldly in their work. This took them to uh, Malatya, M-A-L-A-T-Y-A, where Nakati was murdered in 2007 for proclaiming the gospel. And uh, Simsa and uh, Gracia Burnham, you know, her husband, uh, uh, was killed in the Philippines um, where he was serving as a missionary. And uh, they they had their a conversation with them on the podcast of Voice of the Martyrs. Voice of the Martyrs is a good uh, a good organization. Uh, in fact, they helped get John Monger, our friend, out of uh, Bhutan oh, wow. or Nepal hmm. when he was imprisoned over there. And, uh, and so um, it's a good place to go. I just wanted to let you know about that. You can go to persecution.com and uh, go to that website. Uh, again, it's a good organization. Um, uh, started, I think, by Richard Wormbrand, I believe, was um, the guy who started it um, a long time ago. And uh, Richard himself was persecuted. So uh, persecution.com, you can learn more. Yeah, I'd shared a story about Jim Elliott yesterday and was talking about how uh, the Warani came to Christ as a result. I didn't, I didn't finish that. I, I think I started it and we got, we started talking, but uh, Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and three other guys went uh, down there with families to uh, minister to the Waranis in Ecuador. And uh, in, in January 1956, they got killed. And uh, they were brutally murdered uh, when they uh, were getting out of the airplane to go greet the people. Uh, there were 10 to 12 warriors that came out there and um, killed them. And uh, after that, shortly after that, Jim Elliott's wife, Elizabeth, and I believe Nate Saint's wife and Nate, Nate Saint's sister, along with others, reached out to the Warani and were able to uh, win them to Christ. That they were able to share the gospel with them and talk about forgiveness. And and um, I did share that uh, it was surreal. I got to go down there in the early two thousands and had one of the guys who was in the killing party uh, pray for our team, pray for us. And uh, he's a believer now, but, you know, back in 1956, he was a murderer. And, you know, that's Paul's story. And that's it's really where we're kind of introduced to Paul in this text in 8, chapter uh, 1. Really, we, we hear his name, Saul, at the end of 7. But Saul is the one who is uh, going house to house, throwing people in jail. I don't think any of us who are listening to this in the states have ever had to deal with that i know we got people listening overseas in india and and england and other places but here in the states we haven't had to worry about people busting into our house taking us off to jail because we love jesus and follow jesus our persecution looks different here we're not necessarily persecuted physically but emotionally maybe financially for stands we take on issues Although in the past year with COVID, there have been a few instances. There in have America. been. There have been. There have been yeah. more, and and I think it's a precursor to mm-hmm. even more coming. Yeah. Um, 
But most of the persecution that happens in our country doesn't come from alternative uh, religious ideology. Right. It comes from immoral pagan people who don't want people um, espousing Christian values and morals, even though our country was faced on Judea, uh, based on Judeo-Christian values. It was founded on those principles. And if you take the morals away, like, like if you say, let's take God out of the equation. Let's say, okay, you, you don't want to talk about Christianity. You don't want to talk about God. Who determines the morals of a country? Without God. Without yeah. God. You take God out of the equation in the Bible. There's no Bible, no God. Who determines what's right and what's wrong morally? I'd say the, the majority of the people. Yeah, the, the people, you're right. The majority, but what about the minority? What about the people? See, there's no objective truth. It's subjective. Mm -hmm. So if one group in power says, you know what, it's okay to kill babies, then that's the law of the land. If one group in power says it's okay to commit adultery, then that's okay. It's protected. It's okay to be homosexual and lesbian and and to not follow these laws. Then it's accepted. You know, uh, it's okay to do these things, whatever they are. The majority is able to codify and protect behavior that would be abhorrent in maybe other cultures, maybe even the Bible. Yeah, I think you talking about that, that makes up a good point. That's why the the Bible is seen as subversive by, you know, totalitarian uh, authoritarian regimes because of that. You know, if you're trying to go against it, well, that is something that it offers a... Uh, moral standard that is beyond any of their reach, and so you must crush it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to further uh, your aims of, you know, going away from that. But, yeah, and if you look at Jesus, he was he was a revolutionary, mm-hmm. but he didn't have a gun. He didn't have a sword. He he basically led a worldwide movement that started by, you know, loving people that hated him. And forgiving those that killed him, um, he did come back, was resurrected, and left the task to his apostles, his disciples who were the apostles, the first apostles. Have you ever wondered about that? Why he didn't just come back and take everybody who believed in him back at then and just say, "Okay, this is it." I, I've I've thought you know I've, I've some people have told like, I was taught that that was an act of mercy for yeah i mean i would agree it is but think about it it's been two thousand plus years Mm -hmm. and you look at all the people that have been slaughtered throughout time um and the the you know holocaust the the, uh world war ii world war one korea vietnam not to mention genocide in all kinds of countries around the world famine, all the things that happen. And you look at the fact that Jesus entrusted the message to his apostles to take to people who would then share with others. And it requires faith. Mm-hmm. It requires faith. And that, that faith's talked about throughout Scripture. That was one of the things that it says, what, without faith it's impossible to please him. And so when we proclaim Jesus as Messiah and his word, even though you or I personally have never seen him physically, it requires faith. Um, 
my wife and I were talking about it this afternoon. We don't buy in because our parents taught us that. I mean, I'm glad my parents taught me that. But you can't believe because your parents teach you. you got to believe because you believe. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you don't believe because you believe it's reality, then it crumbles one day. And if you believe in something that's not true, like let's say, you know, your belief system is the most important thing about you, really, what you believe about God. That's what Tozier said. He says what a man believes, thinks about God is the most important thing about him. Uh, I would say that what you believe, if you believe that you can control your environment, let's say you, you know, your belief system is the core of who you are. And outside of that belief system, the next thing that's impacted by that is your values and your goals. And then the next thing, uh, just uh, picture these concentric circles, right? Where the belief systems, the inner core, then you have goals and values then the next circle is priorities and practices. And then the next circle is institutions, right? And so what people see, what we do is we try to change the outer circle. Mm-hmm. And we even may penetrate into practices and priorities and even as much as goals and values. But ultimately, that belief system filters through every one of those. And if it's based on a lie, if it's not based on the truth, then what's going to happen is it's going to crumble one day. That institution will fall. And and so in the Soviet Union, they said the state is supreme. That was their belief. For years, that's what they believed, and it crumbled. Why? It couldn't withstand the test of time. Jesus Christ has withstood the test of time. And, you know, now, you know, you and I were talking yesterday um, – uh, about deconstruction and we, you know, we're talking about what that means and that's just another phrase for apostasy right now um, that's being thrown out there but people who choose to refuse to believe in Jesus Christ there's no hope for them mm-hmm. there's no hope they will you will never find peace in your life apart from Christ it yeah. ain't gonna happen that is the truth stick with us to hear more we will be back with more after the news like to give a special thanks to our sponsors ace door and window as well as a special thanks to our sponsors tom neal trucking and a special thanks to jeff andrews of highway to eternity ministries if you would like to sponsor the program please email us at doug at swat that's doug b-o-u-g at swat you are listening to swat radio stay tuned we will be back with more after the news Radio that was Ren Collective with Rescuer. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts this week, chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. I'm talking about Saul as he ravages the church and then getting into um, some of the the work the work of the church as it spreads throughout Samaria, um, which is kind of an interesting 
coupling there, I think, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. But that is where we're at. If you have missed any of that, what we've talked about uh, today or uh, yesterday, you can go to SoundCloud and search SWAT Radio and listen there. You can also try uh, SWATradio.com. SWATradio.com is generally where we send people and go into the past programs link. But since we have had such a high demand of a certain episodes, uh, programs, uh, we are running a little bit of a short. So uh, if you don't get SWAT Radio, check out SoundCloud because it is available there. It is also available, I think, wherever you listen to podcasts, so that would include yeah. uh, Apple as well. So there's a number of ways to listen if you feel so inclined to do so. Um, anyway, we are going to get back into the text. Again, that's Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Yeah, and um, we had kind of laid the groundwork yesterday for what we're looking at this week in 1 through 8. We're, we're looking at persecution to the church. It's really... I mean, Stephen was the first martyr, but the persecution up until that point had been limited to the apostles. And now it's going to hit the whole church, and we're going to see the church scatter, except for the apostles. And you read it yesterday. Everybody leaves Jerusalem, it says, except the apostles. Why? Because God wanted them in Jerusalem for whatever reason. Maybe because they were told not to. <laughs> they were yeah. told not to talk about it there. And he said, no, you're going to stay there and prove that I'm protecting you, that I'm with you. You don't have to fear man. You can do this. And so they stayed there. And uh, so, you know, as you look at the text, the first thing it says in verse 1 is Saul approved of his execution. It also says that over in Acts 22 where Paul's recounting this as if he had some kind of role to to endorse or be the approver of what happened with Stephen. And uh, then it goes, uh, and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. They were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And we address that. But notice in verse 2, it says, Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. Lamentation is crying, wailing, mourning. And so that's significant that Luke puts that in there. These were not believers. These were Jews mm. who were pious Jews. They were they were devout men, and they buried Stephen, and they wept loudly for him. Now, the significance of that is, according to the Mishnah, the, uh, which is kind of like the commentary of the Old Testament. Um, the rabbis would add commentary to the, you know, the Torah and the, you know, all the wisdom books, and mm-hmm. they would give, what does this mean for you on an everyday basis? And they would give their interpretation of that, and it was called the Mishnah, and it was passed down. According to the Mishnah, if anybody was stoned because of blasphemy or anything else, you did not weep over them. You were commanded not to cry over them and uh, not to bury them. And so here they are. They're burying and they're weeping, almost as if they're voicing their disapproval, as if they're not part of this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's significant that Luke's bringing this out, that not everybody who who is part of a group may feel like, some of the vocal people in the group, right? That there may be future believers in that group 
And here, look at Paul, who was called Saul here. Saul was actually approving. He went. He was going house to house, and we see in verse 3 it says, Saul was ravaging the church. Uh, that, that word ravaging is only here in the whole New Testament. And it literally means like a wild animal tearing a body apart. And so he was going house to house. It says he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. This was persecution. And I asked this question yesterday. Um, If you go back to verse 1, it says they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. In Acts 1-8, what did Jesus say? You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem uh, and then into Judea and Samaria Uh, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so already they had witnessed in Jerusalem, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So he just made it possible now for them to be scattered to Judea and Samaria. Part two, you know, the second part, the ends of the earth. Some people view that as the Jews, Jerusalem, Samaria is the bridge, mm. and then the ends of the earth is the Gentiles. Mm. It's kind of like that's, that's kind of the progression, right? And, and so notice that in the first three verses, though, what, what we're seeing is if you follow Jesus and are part of his family, you will be persecuted. And I ask this question, if you're not being persecuted, why? Why are we not experiencing persecution in this country? Well, people would say because our founding fathers laid a groundwork and we've experienced the blessing of it. True, but the gospel is offensive. The majority of Americans do not believe that Jesus died and rose again. They just don't. And if you try to tell them that that's why you live your life, that that that's the purpose behind your life, that you really believe that, they're going to think you're a kook, right? Yeah. The majority of them, oh, it's okay for you to believe that as long as it doesn't impact me. Well, Mm -hmm. the problem with Christianity is it has to impact others because we're commanded to go tell people. We're commanded to make disciples. We're commanded to proclaim the gospel. So if we're not proclaiming, we're probably not going to be persecuted. And so when you look at verses 1 through 3, these people were scattered and they were proclaiming, it says. In fact, in verse 4, it says, sorry. Those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Well, what happened before they preached? They had to be scattered. What happened to scatter them? It was persecution. And, you know, my dad, me and him talked about this, and he made an interesting point of would they have went out into Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth without that? Because if you look at what life in Jerusalem was like, how the community there, you know, it's it's not as enticing to leave right i mean obviously they would have because that's what they were commanded to do but at the same way that they did where they were completely scattered out into it and it seems like the persecution was the catalyst um that god was using to further it it most most certainly was let me let's go back to daniel chapter three for a second okay in daniel chapter three if you flip back there you see the story of hananiah mishael and azariah we know it as, and we're taught it as little kids, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you go to that story in Daniel chapter 3, what's going on is King Nebuchadnezzar had built this 90-foot statue 
And the reason he built this big statue of gold was because Daniel had a or he had a dream that Daniel interpreted and said, "You are a great leader. You know, you're the first. You're this king. Uh, you're this worldwide leader." And so he built this big statue and commanded that when people hear the musical instruments, they bow down and worship the statue. Well, guess who didn't do it? <laughs> Those three guys. Yeah. And uh, when they didn't do it, um, Nebuchadnezzar, it says in verse 19, well, let me go back just a little bit. It says that Nebuchadnezzar said in verse 15, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Now, you know, we read that, Taylor, and we think, wow, that's a bad deal. But I want you to imagine, if you're listening to my voice right now, I want you to imagine sitting in the middle of uh, Bagram right now in a cell with some Muslims around you, and they tell you, renounce Christ, or we're going to behead you. And then they say, who is the God who can deliver you out of our hands? I mean, I I want you to get the impact of what's going on here with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar had the power and the will and the means to end their life very quickly. And he says, who is the God who can deliver you out of my hands? And this is what they said. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, please don't kill us. Please, we'll do whatever you want to do. No, that's not what they said. What they said was, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you on this matter. Now, that that right there takes that takes some courage, man. Yeah. I mean, like that. to say, I mean, could you imagine being in Bagram in a cell and some Muslims saying that to you and you go, Hey, I don't even have to answer you. I mean, that that... that that takes some some courage, man. Yeah, and it's more than that. It's he was a you know he was a he, big time ruler. That'd be he, like uh, you know like the king of the it, Saudis saying. Yeah, you know, it would be the king of the Saudis or even she and yeah. and over in China, China yeah. having you there. But they go on to say, "Oh Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace." He will deliver us out of your hands. But if not, be it known to you that we will not serve you. In other words, it doesn't matter whether he does or doesn't. So just to cut a long story short, they don't. They th- he throws them in the fire. There's a, a guy who is like the son of God in the fire, pre-incarnate Jesus in the fire with him, and he has to call them out of the fire. I mean, because they don't want to leave because they're in the fire with Jesus. Because yeah. it's better to be in the fire with Jesus than outside of the fire away from him, right? And so listen to what Nebuchadnezzar said after he brought them out. He said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel, delivered his servant, who trusted in him, set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. Therefore I make a decree any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn from limb from limb. Their houses laid in ruin, and there's no other God who's able to rescue in this way. Now, was their persecution a good thing or a bad thing? A good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, that's that's incredible that Nebuchadnezzar not only endorsed God, he said he's going to tear people limb from limb 
if they don't buy into him. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So persecution can be a good thing. Yeah. God works all things together for his glory, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. We are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain that is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8 this week. And we would love to have you uh, join in the discussion. If you would like to call us, you can do so at 1-844-777-7928. Again, that's one 844 swat Or if you would rather email, you can do so at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, you know... Um when, when you see the persecution here, uh, remember, um, this played a part in Paul's life too, right? Remember, Saul was the one leading this effort, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it played into him over in 1 Corinthians 15, saying, for I'm the least of the apostles unworthy to be called because I persecuted the church of God. I mean, that that was something that, stayed with him over in Galatians 1. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently, and I tried to destroy it. Um, Philippians 3, as to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. So in, in his letters, he's he's writing, hey, you know who I was, right? You know what I did. Um, even to Timothy, he's really strong. You know, even though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy. You know, I I just think what we're witnessing right here, Acts 8 is a huge, huge chapter in the unfolding of the church and what God's about to do. But I I, want to briefly go back to Daniel chapter 6 one more time because we went to Daniel 3. 
We talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar's proclamation. I mean, that, that proclamation was amazing, That what, what he put out there about God. Well, uh, if you go to Daniel chapter 6, something similar happened with Daniel, and it was Darius who was ruling at the time. Uh, they some, some of the leaders had trapped Darius into creating a law that would basically make it illegal for Daniel to pray. And they knew they couldn't get Daniel with anything else, and so they knew he prayed three times every day, so they passed this law. Um, and, 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 in fact, they said in verse 5 of chapter 6, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Mm. Now think about that. Boy, wouldn't that be a great thing to be said about you? Don't you wish you had that kind of testimony? That, that there's no way to trap this guy unless it has to do with something, him serving his God because he's devout. Daniel was devout. And so they, they convinced Darius to do this, and he signed the document that basically um, made it illegal to petition any God or man other than the king. And after he did that and knew it was going to impact Daniel, I think that the king was grieved because I think he had a good relationship with Daniel. Daniel was very high up in his, his you know, government, and but, he, but his command, that's the way it is today. You know, today a, a, a government leader would just go, well, I'm not going to do anything because you're my friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they didn't do that back then. Why? Because they recognized how that would erode the system. So when a king signed a law, that law had to be followed. And so uh, he threw Daniel in the lion's den, except the lions didn't eat him. He slept there, and he was unharmed. Well, the next morning when the king went in, after he spent the, Daniel spent the night with the lions, um, he was so overjoyed that Daniel was alive, and he knew that those evil men had tricked him into doing that, so he commanded that those men and their families be thrown into the lion's den. And it says before they even reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones. Mm. And so it's a great, uh, really, uh, difference between what happened to Daniel and what happened to them. But here's what the, the really the point of it all is, is Darius said, I make a decree that in all my dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. He is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. His dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and he rescues. He works signs and wonders. So here's Darius giving this proclamation about God's greatness. So persecution and people... People who go through persecution uh, are a great witness, aren't they? I mean, look at Daniel. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at Stephen. Uh, look at look at the testimony of John and Peter as they went through it. It had to be inspiring to those around. So what we're going to see tomorrow is um, not only if you follow Jesus and a part of his family are you going to be persecuted, you're going to have opposition like Jesus said, but you're going to proclaim, and we're going to see them do that when they go to Samaria. They're going to proclaim Jesus as Messiah. And and we tend to think of Messiah only as Savior in this country. And tomorrow I'm going to share with you how in the Scriptures themselves, 
that, that a word is used, euangelizo, uh, it means to preach or proclaim the good news. And we're going to see that word. It's, it, it's in Romans. It's in Isaiah. And that word has a very specific meaning that I think reveals that uh, the way we've shared the gospel with people and the, the parts of the gospel we've emphasized, we've left out a very important part. And so uh, we're going to look at that tomorrow as we go through verses 4 through 8 in this text where we'll see Philip, not Philip the apostle, Philip who was basically in chapter 6 a deacon. He wasn't really Mm -hmm. a deacon, but he was Mm -hmm. fulfilling the service of a deacon to go take care of the widows. He was a Hellenistic Jew along with Stephen who was there that was selected. So, And and we're going to see that tomorrow in 4 through 8. So I hope if uh, people are listening, they'll join us. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I have a question for you. Uh, it was Paul who wrote, you know, our weapons aren't uh, flesh and blood, right? Yeah, that's well, dude, that's Second yeah. Corinthians ten four. And I bring that up because I think he had a better grasp of that than maybe many people could. And you're talking about the person who uh, was part of the group to kill Jim Elliot um, and those missionaries there. They they went to war for what they believed, right? And they fought a physical battle to eradicate, you know, that threat. And they were taken over um, because they didn't realize they were really fighting a <laughs> spiritual battle. Right. And so the spiritual, um, despite their best efforts, what became consuming for them. And I think, you know, as you were talking, that made me think about Paul and him writing that he understood that at a level that, you know, we it's hard to grasp. Right. I mean, th- it's really amazing when you think about that and the that you know that the blood of the saints has been um the water which has you know bro- blossomed the the flower of the church as something that way i think i probably butchered it but you know <laughs> just to think about you know it, the persecution is what god uses and that that's something you know that's so amazing about god is he uses the things that you would never think you he know? uses the wrath of mankind the 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 ravaging of paul to share the gospel with people, to move them to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Yeah, and even to move Paul into his arms, right? And that, that death, what we see is so final, and it seems like, well, that that should take care of that problem. Well, no, that is actually what God decided to use to grow the church, and, you know, he, he does that. He takes what's, you know, least likely and you know, shows his power in that way. Mm-hmm. And it, it just was interesting as you were talking about that, it hit me with, thinking about man he must have really understood that in a way that i probably never will yeah the the whole thing about the the weapons of our warfare are not of this world that uh, we're to take every thought captive i think one of the things that we're seeing around our country right now is you are seeing a lot of young people leave the church yeah. uh, and leave the faith mm-hmm. uh, because we have tried to fight uh, physical battles. We've tried to be pragmatic. Some of the biggest churches in the country are very pragmatic in how they share the gospel. Yeah, you know, if you stop and think, I mean, in in the in the American culture, uh, you want a preacher who is good looking, who is uh, good speaking, who's funny, who's articulate, who can hold an audience. 
And that doesn't stack up very well against Paul in Corinthians when he says, you know, I, I, I don't have any of those things. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not good to look at. I can't speak well, uh, but I do have the cross. I have Jesus, and that's what it's all about. We, we've somehow gotten away from that, that component of preaching and uh, made it much more about delivery and the deliverer instead of the content of the message. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because you're really looking at the, especially the younger generation falling away and falling away and falling away. And I think obviously a big part of that is a lack of a biblical worldview, right? There's so many people who claim to be Christians but really have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and I think part of that is that the church is just looking to put on a spectacle, put on a show, entertain, get people to feel a certain way rather than a couple you know, not saying that feelings are bad, and I'm not saying that at all, but to couple couple that with a deep knowledge and understanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ and what it means to have a biblical worldview. And since we're not doing that, when young people get hit with challenges or adversities or even just challenges to the worldview that they think they have but maybe don't know, they crumble because there's not a strong base. As you were talking about with the, the rings and the the core of who they are, it's not it's not solidly uh, standing on Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, I just, I, I cracked up. I was listening to what you were saying and thinking about what I shared before that and thinking about a couple that went to a church up in another part of the country as a mega church. And they go, wow, that was, it was really cool. It was like a rock concert. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when I go to church, I don't want to go to a rock concert. <laughs> yeah. I, when I go to church, I want to go to be around God's people that are worshiping God that are there to, to encourage and hear his word proclaimed and be equipped to go out and do the work of God. Yeah. Uh, but not a rock concert. Uh, amen. And I think that is a big problem uh, for us today in our society, which unfortunately we're up against the end of the program, so we will not be able to talk about that further. Tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to hear more of that. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, excuse me, you can visit us at www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 